Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm George McNair. Really good to be back with you guys as we are only two days away from the start of the regular season. Uh, you know, the baseball offseason, maybe it's really not that long, but it seems really long. And especially with this longer spring training, it's just really, really good that baseball, uh, real baseball that matters, the games are back. And uh, the Braves finished up spring training to get today as they uh, defeated the Boston Red Sox. But again, spring training uh, games don't really matter that much. So we will move on to the Braves. We'll go to Washington to start the season. Uh, and man, I am just really looking forward to this this season. Um, I think the Braves on paper, and of course, you know, there's only so much that that means, but on paper, I think this is the best Braves team that has been put on the field in some time. They are not without some weaknesses, but they are really strong in a lot of different areas. And and so what I want to do for this, uh, this episode is give you guys my predictions uh, for each of the Braves key players. You can basically say starters. We'll go through each of the five uh, pitchers, starting pitchers as well. Uh, and since we have kind of a, a tandem at catcher, I'll give you predictions for both Darno and Sean, Sean Murphy. Uh, but I'm going to do this in kind of an over-under format. So basically what I want to do is analyze the Fangraphs uh, projections for each player and uh, then give you my prediction of are they going to have uh, a better season, my over, or are they going to have a worse season under. And then I'm giving myself a third option of a hold that basically I think Fangraphs is getting this right and they're probably going to be right about where uh, where they're projected. And you guys can can tell me if you agree or disagree. So uh, let's start with the catching position, and we'll start with Travis Darno. Uh, Travis, uh, his 2022 season was solid. Obviously, is maybe his best season uh, as a professional. Um, not 2020, not included, of course, being the the shortened season. But uh, Travis, it was his first ever um, uh, All Star appearance. He hit 18 home runs. Uh, he had a 120 WRC plus and good for almost a four war season. So really good stuff from Travis. Uh, and, you know, I think he absolutely earned being an all-star last year. Uh, Fangraphs has him. And, I'm, you know, what I'm going to do with this, I'm not going to go through every uh, little stat that Fangraphs is projecting, but I'm going to try to give you the highlights and then basically where I stand. So, Fangraphs is projecting Darno to play in about as many games, but getting quite a few more uh, at bats at DH this year. I think that is reasonable. Um, you know, Travis and his projection um, is a little more up in the air than maybe anybody else uh, because we don't know how much the Braves are going to split time at catcher. And if Marcelo Zuna actually hits well this year, uh, and kind of solidifies himself at the DH spot, then Darno might actually struggle to get some at-bats depending on how all that goes down. But right here, we are kind of assuming that he's still going to get a solid number of at-bats. And what um, what Fangraphs is projecting he's, is he's basically going to be about the same offensive hitter, except his slugging percentage is going to go down. Um, he, he had a really nice slugging percentage last year, 472. This... Fangraphs is saying he's going to go down to a 435. I find that kind of hard to believe. And Fangraphs is really dropping his overall war from a 3.9 last year to a 1.8. That's pretty significant. And again, some of that is 
you're losing some value because Darno is not catching um, as much this year. Again, I think that part is accurate. Uh, but, you know, here's how I see it. Darno is uh, going to be 34 years old. Uh, while that's getting a little up there for a catcher, I really do appreciate what the Braves are doing and trying to limit his days behind the plate. So I really don't see his offensive numbers dipping uh, as much as what Fangraphs is showing here. He might get fewer plate appearances than what Fangraphs is projecting, but I think he's going to continue to be a, a very good offensive player. Um, so like I said, the wild card is Ozuna with, you know, what does he do at DH and how well does he play? But I'm going to go ahead and, and take the over on Darno here. Um, under last year, I you know he might take a slight step back, and obviously in the in the WAR projections, I, I I have no idea how WAR is even calculated, so I'm not gonna try to try to pretend like I I know what his WAR is gonna be uh, this year uh, with less days behind the plate. But I think that slugging percentage, I think his batting average, I think his on base is probably gonna remain about where it was this past year, maybe even go up a little bit uh, since he's able to rest his legs more. So yeah, I'm taking the over on Darno and this projection from Fangraphs. All right, let's go on to Sean Murphy, uh, who's likely to get more appearances behind the plate. Uh, last year in Oakland, you know, us Braves fans really didn't get to see Sean Murphy play, but more than a few games when the Braves played Oakland. He hit 18 home runs with a 250 average. He had a 122 WRC+, plus, which is very, very good for um, any catcher, really. Uh, that is actually, you know, Darno had a 120 WRC plus, Murphy 122. So in terms of offense, I don't know that you can consider one as a the better offensive option. They're both pretty darn solid. Um, Murphy had a very good season. He had a 5.1 war season last year. And of course, a lot of his value is behind the plate as well. So um, Fangraphs is projecting him to basically have almost the exact same offensive season slightly higher slugging percentage, uh, right about the same WRC plus, maybe a little bit lower, but dropping in war, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I don't know exactly where that is, except they're, well, they are projecting him with about 60 less, 50 or 60 less plate appearances, uh, which, okay, I, I see that happening. Again, Darno is going to play, um, you know, probably a little bit more than his backup in Oakland did. So, I see it there, but I think Murphy is just so valuable defensively, and it's really interesting. To, I don't know how they are considering war right now with the rule changes. Murphy's arm and his ability to throw out runners is just going to be, I think, really huge. I think it's the main reason uh, the Braves went out and got Murphy because they saw this these rule changes really affecting the game. And I think it is going to benefit the Braves a lot. Um, I think it will prove to be one of the bigger off-season moves. You know, the more I've thought about Murphy and his addition, I've got to see um, just how the game is is starting to change a little bit more back to um, back to this running style. You've seen that a lot in in uh, spring training, and I think it's going to continue. So I think Murphy is going to be hugely valuable. Um, I actually think he's going to have a better offensive season than he did in Oakland. You know, he played in that cavernous uh, field in Oakland. And now he gets to play in a kind of a normal, normal ballpark. Uh, and he's also going to be surrounded by a lot of, a lot more um, capable hitters. I mean, he might be hitting in between, you know, maybe a Michael Harris and an Ozuna or even somebody else in the middle of that lineup. 
So I, I just think Murphy's going to be better all around uh, by this situation. Look for him to hit. I think he's going to hit over 25 home runs. Uh, and again, I think his defensive value is going to be off the chart. So I'm my prediction for Murphy is he's going to be over this prediction from Fangraphs. All right, on to first base and Matt Olson. So everybody knows the story of Olson, right? He comes into Atlanta, really difficult situation personally to have to, you know, with every all the Freddie Freeman drama, he has to come in here. He has to talk to every reporter known to man about this situation and, and the challenge. Uh, and, you know, he actually got off to a pretty good start, but he struggled uh, throughout parts of uh, the season, especially I think it was August. He just basically went away for about a month, and yet he still managed a, a good offensive season. 120 WRC+, plus. he had a 3.1 war. Now, he only hit 240. He, I, you know, Matt Olson is never going to be a super high average guy, but that's probably a little lower than you would expect. He had a tremendous amount of doubles. So this guy is an, you know, he is an extra base hitting machine. I don't think that's going to change, but I think everything about Olson is going to be better this year. I think his defense is going to be better. I think he's going to hit for a higher average. I think the fact that, you know, the shift is going away is going to mean that he's going to get you know, 10 plus more hits this season. So I think that average is naturally going to go up. But if you've been watching Matt Olson during spring training, he has been literally the best player in baseball, the best hitter in baseball during spring. I hope that carries over. I think it will. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's just been hitting home run after home run this spring. So uh, Fangraphs has him projected for 36 home runs, which he hit 34 last year. I'm I'm thinking Olsen's hitting 40-plus home runs this year. I don't know about y'all, but I'm expecting that. Again, with, an, with a higher average, a higher on-base percentage this year, I just think everything's going up for Olsen this season. And also, if you look at his career, basically he, did, he does this every other year thing for some reason where he's a little more average one year and then he's kind of superhuman the next. So I, um, you know, Fangraphs is, is projecting him at a 4.3 war season. I'm going to hold. I'm going to say that that's about right. Now, I I, um, I want to say over, and I, I do think Olsen has a great opportunity to have uh, an even better season than what is being projected. But I think it's reasonable to say that he's going to hit more home runs. He's going to have a better slugging percentage. WRC plus is going to be up. Everything's going to be up. And that's what Fangraphs is projecting. They're projecting him to bounce back. And I think that's about right. Nonetheless, I do think that it is reasonable if someone wants to say they think Olsen could have a five war season or higher. I think that is reasonable. I'm not going quite there, but I'd obviously love to see that. All right. On to second base and Ozzy Albee. So everybody knows that Ozzy had a a rough season last year dealing with two different injuries, but also he wasn't playing very well before those injuries occurred. Uh, he had under 300 plate appearances. Uh, he hit 247, uh, an on-base percentage under 300. I mean, even his WRC plus was actually under 100, which means he was under league average. This was just not a good, not a good season for Ozzy in a lot of different ways. So, He's, I'm sure, very motivated for a huge bounce back season. We have to take that into account, and I really hope that that happens for him. Uh, the projection from Fangraphs is saying that he's going to be a 3.6 war player. That would be obviously a big bounce back, but it wouldn't be his greatest season ever by any means. You wouldn't expect Fangraphs necessarily to predict that, but they are predicting a couple things that I find interesting. 
they're predicting him to have a 320 on base percentage, which would be higher. He has not had over a 310 on base percentage for the last three years. Um, they're predicting him for a 115 WRC plus. I think that might be somewhat reasonable. Uh, but you know, Ozzy is always a tricky player for me. I I love watching him play. I love his energy. I think he brings so much to the team and his, uh, you know, his mentality, how he jokes around, keeps everybody loose. Um, but he's also frustrating offensively and especially from the left side. Um, I'm I'm wondering one thing, and that is his shoulder. You know, he had a little bit of a shoulder situation that was fixed over the offseason. It has been talked about a lot. You know, his his swing, especially from the left side, has always looked really slow to me, like it's just dragging through the zone. And I just wonder if that was bothering him more than he was letting on. Um, if that is the case, maybe we we end up seeing a huge turnaround season from Ozzy. But I can't obviously predict that. So I continue to be nervous about Ozzy and his hitting, especially from the left side. Since I haven't seen him hit for a high average or a high on base percentage for several years, um, then I'm going to take the under on Ozzy, but just barely. Um, I think Ozzy could roll out of bed and basically in a normal season give you two and a half to three wins uh, as far as his war projection goes, right? So if his – look – if his approach reverts back to like 2019, I'll, I want to remind you guys, his 2019, Ozzy was basically a different hitter than he has shown the last three years. He hit 295. He had a 354 on base percentage. Uh, he didn't hit as many home runs. He hit 22 home runs that year. You know, so he was not an, as much of a, you know, selling out for the home run kind of hitter. And, you know, maybe those days are gone and he's kind of just committed to, to hitting more home runs. I know the Braves generally, that's what they're trying to do. But I really wonder if he might at least find a happy medium bef between those two things. If he does, you know, Ozzy's an all-star again and uh, maybe even a low-key MVP kind of guy. But, uh, you know, if he continues with a low on base percentage, uh, he'll hit his home runs. He'll play good defense. And with that, I think you do get a three-war season. Uh, again, Fangraphs is projecting 3.6 WAR. I, I think it might be a little high, but obviously it would be awesome if if he could do it. The one other thing I will say about Ozzy is, here's what I would say a great year for Ozzy Albies is, a 330 or higher on base percentage and 25 or more steals, because I really believe he's gonna he's gonna get little dude. But it's, it's that sort of thing that will take him to another level. Uh, and that's that's what I'm hoping for Ozzy. All right, on to shortstop and Orlando Arcia. Uh, you guys, hopefully you caught my last episode talking about the shortstop. Soap opera is basically what I called it. But for now, Arcia is the starting shortstop. So let's go over it. So in 2022, Arcia uh, only played six, uh, 68 games for the Braves. He had 234 plate appearances. He hit 244. He had, for the first time in career, his career, he had over 100 WRC plus at 104, and he earned a 0.7 WAR for that season. Fangraphs is kind of projecting him just to be the exact same player, but with more games played. So they're projecting at a 1.7 WAR. To me, that's actually a little high, simply because 
I, I mentioned it the last episode. RC has only ever um, had uh, two two war season one time, and that's the only time I believe he's ever even had a one war season. So uh, this would be his second best season ever if he did it. And the fact that he hasn't been a full time player in a number of years, I just don't I don't see it happening. So obviously my predict my prediction is under Fangraphs uh, projection. Uh, Fangraphs is predicting a fifth, uh, sorry, a 95 WRC plus that, that maybe seems right to me. The problem is I don't foresee him getting 427 plate appearances. Uh, that means that he is pretty much the starting shortstop for a majority of the season. And I don't see that happening. Uh, I think whether it be injury or Grissom or Shoemake play great in AAA and push for that job. I I just don't think RC is going to have that many plate appearances. I kind of see RC having, you know, maybe maybe 300 plate appearances. Maybe he can earn a one war season, um, but that's that's about it for me. All right, on to third base and Austin Riley. Uh, I love Riley. He's he's one of my favorite position players for the Braves. Maybe I have a number of those guys, but I really appreciate Riley, his consistency over the last two seasons, his work ethic, all that stuff. So in 2022, Riley had almost 700 plate appearances. He had 38 home runs. Uh, he hit 273. He had a 528 slugging percentage. He had a 142 WRC+. Plus. I mean, he crushed. And you'll remember that he had that one particular particularly insane uh, month. I think it was July where he just went nuts. Maybe it was June, but um, nonetheless, man, he just crushed, but he was inconsistent. He also had some pretty, pretty down uh, periods in the season as well. Nonetheless, he averaged, or sorry, he earned a 5.5 uh, war for that season. So Fangraphs has him at a 5.0 war season so slightly down from last year pretty much they have him as the same player just a tick down in every category i think while that's reasonable my projection is the opposite i think he's going to be a tick up in everything this season i think his average is going to be maybe close to 280 or maybe even 290 i think he can probably get to 40 home runs uh or you know 41 42 home runs uh, I think Riley is constantly undervalued, and I think Fangrass is starting to um, to appreciate him more, but I still think they're undervaluing him just a little bit. I mean, give the man respect, right? He has been a top 10 MVP candidate the last two years. I think he's going to do it again. I really think he's going to go three years in a row, top 10 MVP. Um, and look, I mean, if he's over 40 home runs with a 290 average and, you know, over 140 WRC plus again, he absolutely should be maybe a top five MVP candidate. So I, I do think that will continue to be the case with Riley. I think Braves fans, we are going to appreciate him more and more. Uh, the longer he plays for the Braves, I think he will continue to be this consistent, uh, great performer. And I think that's the big thing for him is consistency, not in terms of yearly numbers, but now not having these ups and downs, these big ups and downs in his season. But, you know, especially those downs, if he can, um, you know, everybody has them. But if they're, they don't last quite as long for him, uh, he could really become uh, a, an MVP. I mean, actually win one. All right. So on to the outfield, guys. Uh, by the way, before I go to the outfield, let's just appreciate for a minute 
um, the Braves infield, even with even with Orlando Arcia uh, stapled in at shortstop. I mean, with Olsen, Albies, and Riley, we we can certainly appreciate what this uh, what this infield is about. And again, especially if Albies bounces back more than what I'm projecting, you have a a, a really awesome infield. All right, on to the outfield. And we're going to start in left field here with Eddie Rosario. Uh, Eddie obviously had a, a terrible year last year, and a lot of it was not his doing. I mean, guys, he literally couldn't see. I, if you were watching early in the season, uh, he was swinging over, over the balls by a foot, foot and a half. He was literally missing balls that were just, just – you know, easy fly balls in the outfield and they were going over his glove and you're like, what is happening? And then you realize, oh, he literally like has a hole in his eyeball. Um, and so, I mean, it's a scary thing. I'm really glad uh, they caught it and they were able to correct it. Obviously, the the most important thing any baseball player could have is his vision. Uh, and I think even when he came back, and I mentioned this in a podcast, I know I did. I think even when he came back, it has got to be so difficult your vision, I mean, if you know when you get glasses, I mean, obviously I have glasses. If you get glasses, it literally takes you a month or two just to uh, adjust to that little change. So when you're talking about them correcting his his eye, right, even a couple months, two, three months after that, his vision was still adjusting, guys. I guarantee it. So I just have to throw out last year, and obviously projection systems don't do that. Um, so a lot of what Rosario is projected to do this year is still based off, it's based off of his career, but obviously it's taking into account his terrible season last year in which he had a 61, uh, WRC plus, which is almost impossible to do. It's really, really bad. Uh, it's basically, you're one of the worst hitters in baseball. He did end up hitting 212, but most of his power was gone. His on-base percentage was super low. He had a negative 1.1 war. Okay, and some of that, too, is awful defense. So, again, him coming back, he's never been a great defender, but maybe he could be an average defender or just a slightly below average defender um, and then come around offensively. So that's basically what I'm predicting. My prediction is actually for Eddie to have a major bounce-back season offensively because he can actually see the baseball. Uh, so... Um, Fangraphs is only predicting him for a 0.1 war. I don't 0.1 war. Okay, you might as well just not play. Um, if if you're only earning a 0.1 over 462 at bats, so they have him as the starting left fielder for most of the season. They just don't have him being very good, and I think he actually offensively is going to bounce back in a big way. And this would be huge for the Braves because they're projected to be the second worst left field in all of baseball. This would turn that around and what is perceived to be a hole suddenly, you know, it's not your best player in your lineup. But man, how how much deeper is that lineup offensively with Eddie Rosario crushing the ball? You know, he has hit, he has crushed two home runs in the last uh, two, not counting today, in the last two spring training games leading up to today, he smacked two home runs. Uh, he hit two other home runs in the World Baseball Classic. It's kind of like once the World Baseball Classic happened, something flipped with him, and he has just been hitting really well since then. 
he looks like the old Eddie Rosario, like he's getting his confidence back. Um, so I'm, I am expecting some really good things for him. My prediction, obviously, is over what the Fangraphs predict projection is. Uh, I think Eddie's going to hit 25-ish home runs, which is basically the kind of player he was in his best years in Minnesota. He actually got, uh, I think, uh, 32 home runs one season. So I'm not necessarily projecting that. But, hey, 25 home runs, a uh, bounce back offensively just generally. Um, his overall war projection is never going to be super high because his defense just isn't very good. We know that. But uh, it won't be as bad as it was last year, right, because he can actually see the ball. So I'm projecting something like a two-war season that is uh, a you know starter quality, a guy who is not a hole in your offense, uh, and I really hope that that's going to happen for Eddie. All right, on to center field, Michael Harris. And I think Michael Harris is going to eventually be my favorite player. Uh, I just really appreciate the guy. He's got a lot of swagger, uh, and he is just super talented. Um, if you've been watching any of the spring training uh, stuff, You'll notice one day they were talking about him hitting home runs right-handed, and they showed some some video of uh, Eddie Perez throwing BP to Harris right-handed, and he hit three straight home runs out. And, of course, he's not going to be turning turn around and hitting right-handed in a game, but it's just one thing showing you how athletically gifted this guy is. Um, I think he's one of those guys. We probably all know somebody who's just talented in every sport, you just you give them a golf club, you give them whatever, a ping pong paddle, and they're good. And I think Harris is that guy. And I think he's special in a lot of ways. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's coming in, guys. His legs have grown exponentially. Um, so I think his power is just going to be absurd this year. Uh, if he can put the bat on the ball, if he can put the barrel on the ball consistently, uh, I think he's just going to – I don't think he's going to have a sophomore slump, basically is what I'm saying. All right, so what did he do last year? And again, this was in about two-thirds of a season when he came up. In 441 uh, at-bats, he had 19 home runs. He hit 297. He had a 136 WRC+, plus, which is crazy in, in your rookie season. And he earned 4.8 war, which is nuts, two-thirds of a season. So Fangraphs is obviously not predicting that major of a you know um, second season, and yet I think they they are under projecting him. So they have him with only 21 home runs. Again, he hit 19 last year in that um, two thirds of a season. So his batting average is going to go down to 275. Um, and that he will only have a 117 WRC plus, which would still be good, but nothing special. My feeling is Michael Harris is special. I think he's pretty awesome. So I'm going over, guys. Uh, I'm going over with this uh, prediction. Um, I think with the shift being gone, here's another lefty who is going to benefit, especially a guy with some speed. Um, I think his power is just real and uh, he's going to continue to hit home runs. I think 21 home runs would be something that would almost have to be wrong for him to only get to 21. Uh, I think he's a 30 home run, 35 stolen base guy this year. And let's go ahead and put a gold glove on top of that. I think that's him. And if if he does that, 
I mean, that's more like a seven war season. I, I'm not, I'm not predicting seven war, but that's probably what that guy is, right? That's a Mookie Betts close to MVP kind of season. And, um, obviously I think Harris has it within him to do it. Could his average dip? I could see his average dipping, but I think most of what Harris has shown will just continue. And I'm just super excited to be able to see Michael Harris all season long um, this this year. All right. Speaking of excited, uh, let's go to right field and Ronald Acuna Jr. So Acuna, of course, comes back from the ACL in 2022. And just obviously, anyone who's a Braves fan knows he was not himself, right? He wasn't fully healthy. You know, a knee injury like that uh, is going to be sore for a significant amount of time. You're going to have some hesitation in what you're doing with that knee. It's not going to have the same kind of flex. Just a lot of things going into it. And I really think that the biggest thing that impacted for Acuna was his power, his ability to turn and lift on a ball. Um, and he started doing things with his swing that just looked a little weird. Uh, you guys will remember Acuna in his best years has been this like right center field just bombs, hitting bombs to right center, and he stopped doing that, right? He started having to turn on the ball more. He'd still hit it really hard, um, but it was hard line drives. It was, you know, line drive doubles down the line. Almost all of his home runs were to left field, um, and, of course, a lot of his power was gone. I mean, he only hit 15 home runs last year. Uh, so th that guy is not Ronald Acuna, and I'm just super excited to see him come back, and I think he is going to be back in a big way this year. So my prediction is that Acuna is going to round into form, and it might take a little bit of time. I, he, I could see him having kind of a average-ish uh, April, but I think by May he's going to figure things out, right? He's going to get the, the, good, um, the good habits back that he needs to be consistent at the plate, and once that happens, he's going to just roll. So I think he's going to have at least a higher on-base percentage and home runs than what Fangraphs is projecting. So let me get to that, right? Fangraphs is projecting him to have a, a 274 average, 370 on-base percentage, uh, right around a 500 slugging percentage uh, with a 141 w WRC plus, which would be great, uh, and a 5.5 war season. Now, 5.5 would be great for almost anybody. For a fully healthy Acuna, it's low. And so, again, I'm taking the over for Acuna. I do think his on-base percentage will be higher than 370. I think it will be closer to 400. Um, I think his home runs, he's going to hit more than 30. I really do believe that. Um, even if he starts out kind of slow in April, I think he gets to 35, maybe even approaching 30, 40 by the end of the year. And my biggest question is, is he going to approach – maybe a 40-40 season again. If he does, we know he's back, right? Um, with all of these rules changes, I mean, I'm thinking Acuna, I'm thinking Harris, I'm thinking Albies. These guys should be running and just accruing some serious stolen bases, um, bases stolen bases, and I see it happening. Um, and by the way, with Acuna too, he's going to bring better defense. Uh, he was not, he did not grade out as a great right fielder last year, which is not him. So, I'm sure that he's excited to go, and uh, we've started to see him really round into form in the last week, just kind of like Rosario, the last week coming back from the w WBC, 
Um, he he just hit a bomb to to right, to left the other day, um, hitting hitting the ball really hard. He had two more hits today in the last game of uh, spring training. Kind of interesting that he played in that last game, but I think he just wants to get as many at bats going before the season as possible. So guys, if you if you love Ronald Acuna and you're excited about him, I am too. I think he's going to be um, good. And man, I just with with him and Harris going together full speed with Ozzy back healthy. Are y'all getting excited yet? I mean, again, as you go through this one by one, you really start seeing, gosh, I, who's beating these guys? I, I really think, yeah, there are some holes. You know, we don't want to just look with rose-colored glasses. Uh, there's some things that could go wrong and, and injuries could happen to anybody, right? Any team. We've seen that happen to the Phillies and Mets as well. But, um, but the Braves are in a better position than any other team in taking an injury or a guy who has a down year and just rolling anyways. Speaking of having a down year, Marcelo Zuna, who's had two straight down years, uh, let's talk about him at the DH position. His 2022 was not good, guys, um, on and off the field. It wasn't good. Uh, he hit 23 home runs but only had a 226 average, uh, 413 slugging percentage, which is not good for him at all, an 88 WRC+, plus, meaning he was below average, uh, as a hitter, and that's the only reason you're paying Marcelo Zuna is to hit the ball. He had a negative 0.6 WAR last year. Um, so you know, obviously between him and Rosario, the Braves just got uh, less than nothing last year uh, from from them. You give Rosario a little more grace on that than Ozuna, at least I do. Uh, but anyways, his Fangraphs projections are a little little kinder uh, for a bounce back. Uh, they're projecting him to have less plate appearances. Uh, again, they're projecting that Darno's going to take some of those DH swings uh, instead of Ozuna, uh, along with a couple other players. But they're seeing him bounce back a, a little bit from what he did last year. Higher average, closer to a 250 average, um, a 109 WRC plus, so a little bit better than league average hitter, and a 1.1 WAR. So look. You guys know I'm no fan of Ozuna. If it was me, he would have been off the team um, last offseason. Not even this offseason, the last offseason. And then you guys know he had that um, DUI arrest this past season. Again, he would have been gone. Um, nonetheless, he's still on the team. And uh, he did have a decent spring training. i just be honest with you. He did. And, again, I think if he'd come in and looked horrible, he might have been cut. Um, he played a lot this spring, probably more than any other player, which I'm sure was a uh, little bit of a, uh, a message to him. He constantly was forced to go on away trips during spring, which typically, you know, um, veterans don't have to do that. So anyways, to his credit, he hit pretty well this, this spring, and now he's, he's been given another chance to probably be the everyday DH and go out and prove it again. And so in terms of my projection for Ozuna, I'm just going to say a hold. Uh, I think he probably is a little better offensively this year, uh, but I also think he's going to get fewer at-bats. That being said, if he comes out in his, you know, like a 2020 version of Marcelo Ozuna, who was one of the best hitters in baseball for that shortened season, then he's going to be your everyday DH every day.
Fangraphs has him for 20 home runs. I think he probably might get a little bit more than that. Uh, so he might exceed what Fangraphs is saying. Uh, the reason I'm going to say hold is I bet Snicker's going to put him out in left field a few times. <laughs> and that's always going to detract from his value and his war. Uh, so anyways, I'll just say hold. That's probably about what Ozuna is around a one war player. All right, let's go on to starting pitchers. Uh, and we'll start with Max Freed, which I think it's appropriate to start with Freed. Uh, his 2022 was excellent, right? Second in the Cy Young. Uh, he had a, uh, he, he pitched 185 innings. He had a 248 earned run average, which is just excellent. Uh, just a lot of great things from Freed. Fangraphs, uh, oh, and by the way, that was for, good for a five-war season. Fangraphs has him coming down to earth a bit, which I find interesting because Freed has been incredibly consistent the last few years. Fangraphs has him coming all the way down to a 3.5-war season, not being quite as sharp, 3.31 ERA, and I just don't see that happening. Uh, Freed looks good. If you've watched him at all this spring, he just looks locked in. And the thing about Freed uh, that is so tough for the opponent is he has four very good pitches. Um, the other day, I'm watching spring training. He didn't have his curveball, uh, which is, you know, kind of what he's known for. But he just went more to his changeup, and he was pretty dominant with that, right? And that's the beauty of having four good pitches. One is not working. You can still work off three others, and you're still very effective. And you see that from Freed a lot. So I'm taking the over on this projection. Um, I think he'll probably match last year, um, which, again, is the over for the Fangrass projection. So, yeah, I think he's basically Mr. Consistent. He's going to do what he does. He'll be in the Cy Young contention. Because he's not a huge strikeout guy um, and he's not overly dominant, I think it's always going to be difficult for Freed to win a Cy Young. But I think he'll be in the conversation again. I think Freed might be the Braves' most important player. Um, ESPN did an article like that, like which which player is is uh, the most important for each team. I think it's Freed. I think if they lost him and his consistency in the starting rotation, it'd be really hard uh, to to get that back. They'd probably still be a playoff team, but it would be it would be fringier. Okay, on to Spencer Strider. Strider, of course, came on like a house on fire uh, in his rookie season. It was just awesome to see. Uh, and yet he started in the bullpen. He only got 131 innings total, uh, you know, and then he, he went down with that injury at the end of the season. He's still with this dominant performance of his or dominant kind of half season of his um, had a 4.9 war last year, just off the charts numbers, uh, 2.67 ERA, a 1.83 FIP, which is like otherworldly. So Fangraphs has him coming down to earth too. Some of that is understandable. It's hard to project somebody to be that dominant. And yet you look at Strider and you're like, I don't know how he's not going to be dominant. Like, tell me a world in which that stuff doesn't work. Um, they have him dropping down to a 3.5 war season. Again, Fangraphs always under projects war. So I don't want to get hung up as much on the wars. Some of the other numbers they're projecting. They're projecting him to go from a 1.83 FIP to a three FIP, and I don't think that's going to happen at all. I just, I do not see it. They also only have him at 151 innings, and that could happen. I mean, you're starting to stretch out a guy who's never done 
these things before. And, you know, he had some injury last year. But I just think, you know, the 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 reality is he's going to try for more than 150 innings. Uh, so, <clears throat> look, my take is Spencer Strider is a freak of nature. Uh, he is physically incredibly attuned to his body and what he's doing out there. Um, he's, you know... Again, they have his FIP going from 1.83 to, th to a 3.0. That's more human-like, right? Most people, that's what they do. But I don't, th I'm not sure. I'm not convinced Spencer Strider is a human. Um, <laughs> and he's a very like whatever he is, he's very likable. And we love the mustache and all these things. So maybe this is mustache power. Maybe it's something else. But I'm taking the over. I think Strider, I'm sold. I'm sold on Strider. I think... He's, he's basically dominant, and I think he pretty much always will be. Will he be the level of dominant he was last year? Maybe there will be periods that he's not, but I think he basically matches what he did last year with 30 more innings. And if he does that, he's in the Cy Young running, and he's maybe a favorite. Uh, so I think the Braves with uh, a healthy Freed and Strider are really in the driver's seat in a lot of ways. In, in starting pitching. And of course, don't forget, I'm not talking about the bullpen in this episode, but the bullpen is also, um, you know, as far as war goes, projected to be the best in baseball. So in some ways you might think, okay, with Spencer Strider and Max Freed and the best bullpen in baseball, um, it really might be these other three pitchers who make, make or break how great the Braves are going to be uh, this season. All right, so let's go on to Kyle Wright. Uh, Wright had uh, a an awesome season, right? He kind of finally figured it out in a lot of ways, and it was so cool to see that. Uh, he had 180 innings pitched. He had a 3.19 ERA, uh, only good for a 2.9 WAR season. And again, how is WAR calculated? I don't know, uh, but that's kind of lower than you would expect. But but still, nonetheless, in so many other counting metrics. Just a great season and, and just the eyeball test too, right? Wright was super, super important to the Braves. He had the best postseason start in that not great uh, series against the Phillies. All right, so Fangraphs is projecting him to basically take a step back. Um, and not a huge step back, but a 3.88 ERA. Um Maybe one or two less starts, which makes sense since he's missing. We know he's missing at least one start with that shoulder inflammation issue, which seems to be gone, but he's still ramping up to get ready for the season. Uh, but Fingerhafts only has him for a 2.1 war season. All right, so my prediction is it's hard to predict, right, since he's starting on the IL, just in terms of what he's going to do for a full season. Is he actually going to come back? in just about a week or so. He's only going to miss one or two starts, and then he has no issues the rest of the way. None of us know that. Uh, so, But putting that aside, I don't think last year was a fluke. I think Wright figured it out. Um, he, he proved that, right? It was a consistent season. It wasn't like up and down and some dominant and then some bad. He only had one or two bad starts, and everything else was pretty darn consistent. So I'm going to take the over on this pro projection. <clears throat> I think he matches last year, uh, and perhaps he he might have a slightly higher ERA, right? He had a 3.19 ERA last year. Yeah, it might be up more like a 3.4, 3.5. But 
but I think he's just going to be consistent across the board in all of these other metrics. So that's that's how I see Kyle Ryan. All right, on to Charlie Morton. Had um, a 1.5 war season. So this was, you know, for a guy who kind of figured out his career around the age of 30. He's had a great decade of pitching, and you got to give him a lot of credit. And he's given the Braves a lot of great, uh, great starts. And he had good starts last year, right? He just did not have consistency, gave up too many home runs, too many walks, too many, too many big innings was really his his problem. He'd look good for most of the game, and then he'd give up a three-run homer and then get taken out. So my let's start with the Fangrass projections, right? Their projection is basically a bounce-back season. Um, actually, a pretty darn good bounce-back season. They're projecting him to be maybe a solid um, half-earned run less um, this year. They're projecting him at a 2.5 war season, which would be very solid. That would be a very solid bounce back season in less innings than he pitched last year is what they're projecting. So I um, look, my prediction for Charlie is that father time comes for all people. I hate to tell you guys that. I hate to break that to you. It's true. Guess what? I'm right about the same age as Charlie. I'm starting to feel some things. The knee, the knees will sore. Okay. <laughs> Things don't work quite as, as well in your late thirties. Um, and I don't, I don't know how Charlie's done it to this point, right? He, he has had this longer career than most. He's had this, not even resurgence, but this surge at the end of his career where he figured everything out. I just think this might be the end of the road for Charlie. I'm not saying he's going to have a terrible season. But I'm saying this will be maybe about where he was last year. Maybe a little bit of a bounce back from last year, um, but not to the level that Fangraphs is projecting. Maybe a two-war season, maybe a four-flat four ERA. Um, that's kind of what I'm seeing from Charlie. Um, I'm not going to give you guys a full prediction on the potential fifth starter because that's basically makes up three different guys in Schuster, Dodd, and Soroka. Uh, if you don't haven't heard the news, Schuster and Dodd have made the opening day roster, uh, which is really cool for them. They're both at least going to get one start um, and then maybe, you know, see where we go from there. Uh, but I will tell you that Fangrass projects those three guys combined to have a 1.7 war. Uh, based off their projections, I think they kind of see Soroka as the best pitcher of the three, but they see Schuster getting more innings pitched. Dodd less than than the other two. Um, so if based off of fan graphs, if Soroka could bounce back and have obviously, you know, 100 innings plus, now you're really talking about having um, a significant, significantly talented guy in that fifth starter spot. But I, I've told you guys, I like all three of these guys. I feel really good about the fifth starter situation right now. You know, of course, all three of them could plummet. <laughs> all three of them could deal with injuries. I hope that's particularly not true of Soroka, but, but um, I'm really good with these guys. And what I would say is generally uh, uh, for those three, a 1.7 war feels low. Um, I think even if just one guy solidifies himself in that fifth starter spot, 
um, I can see a, a two war season or higher from in, from any of those guys. So yeah, I'll say over. Now you know just to go to go back through this, you know most of my feelings on these uh, predictions are over, guys. I'm feeling really good about this season, about this team, about most of the players, and even the guys where I'm not as as bullish on, um, like Ozzy, I could totally see it going the other way. And, um, you know, these guys have the talent to do it. So, um, yeah, I just, there's a lot of positive feelings I have for this season. You know, I, I was pretty annoyed, bummed, confused, frustrated by the shortstop decision. I, the one thing I will say, and I don't want to spend time on that again, but I'll just say, I still feel fine about where it's going to end up. I don't like where it is right now, right? But I think it will probably end up in a better place than it is right now. Um, so just as I wrap up this episode, guys, we should be all super excited about this team and the talent that is on this team. As you go by these guys one by one, you really start to realize that. I mean, think about it. A healthy Acuna and Albies this season and all the excitement that that will bring a deep starting rotation in which your top two guys are both real Cy Young candidates. I would say four legit MVP candidates. And who would I be talking about? I'd be talking about Acuna, Harris, Riley, and I think Olsen is a dark horse, right? I think he could have that kind of season. Uh, three legit 40 home run guys in Acuna, Riley, and Olsen. Three legit 30 steals guys in Acuna, Harris, and Albies. Uh, and the best catching tandem in baseball. All of that exists on this one team. And, um, you know, I think across baseball, people are realizing it. I'll, the last several years, the Braves haven't even been picked to win their division. And, um, you know, last year it was a little more maybe 50-50 of people who were picking the Braves to win the division. Um, and now it feels like they're starting to catch some some steam across across the baseball world people recognizing how good this team is. Uh, and I think it's real, you know? Um, and so just, just it's cool stuff. All right. So guys, I'm going to come back to you guys. I'm going to try to come back with another episode tomorrow. I can't promise it. My schedule's a little tight, but I'm going to do my best. So uh, if I'm able to do that, I will come back and give you season pr uh, predictions of like specific, some specific things, right? I, I was, um, obviously specific on each individual player here in my predictions, but I'm going to give you team team wide predictions, uh, in my next, uh, next episode. So even if I have to come back after the first game of the season to do that, I will. But again, I'm going to do my best to try to bring it to you guys tomorrow. So look for that. That will obviously be a really quick turnaround for me, but I'm going to try to give it to you guys. So, all right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of state of the Braves. And baseball will be here super shortly, and uh, I'm excited about it. Hope you are too. All right, guys, I'll talk to you later.